Hello there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from a sunny and warm Key Largo. The Keys bartender podcast is about bartending and Keys life or life in general. So we're at the ass end of this Memorial Day weekend, the beginning of summer. I guess it is the I guess the inauguration of the 2023 summer season and we we at the it's weird at our restaurant it's during that where Friday was super busy one of the busiest nights we've ha- ever had and the nice thing about it it stretched through the evening there was no from for about 5 hours so at most restaurants, if you're not familiar with it, there's a real peak right there, um, depending on where most people want to get their bookings. If you're in big cities with late night culture, that could be like 8 to 10. In our place, it's more of like a 7 to 9 or 6.30 to 9 because we're a fishing town, right? But that spread all out this weekend on Friday. And so we had a, a heavy Never really overwhelmed, but busy weekend. And then Saturday, not so much. Even slightly less than a regular Saturday night. And I have no idea what it was like yesterday. Since it's, you know, the summer holidays. And we're in a place where if the weather's nice. Most people, most people, I mean, predominantly, almost all the people are outside. We're not Vegas, meaning... We may have the similar temperature, not the humidity or anything like that, but the um, there's not a lot to do indoors here, except at our restaurant, right? And I guess the nice thing about it, uh, when when the weather is super hot, we get the people that want to come inside to use the uh, AC. You know, uh, people would like to win, especially in the Keys, they want to be waterside dining sometimes when the when the temperature and all the conditions are appropriate. So we had that. Now, one of the things I want to discuss is, and I haven't spoken this for a while, and I'll speak to this as a person who is, uh, I'll speak from the side of the patron and from the employee. Now, there are it's a growing number of people, it's not just me, people that don't drink for health reasons or for people that had substance issues, substance abuse issues. What, whatever the issue, there are people that don't drink. And if they don't drink, they're moderate drinkers. They may have one drink uh, or whatever. And there's all different types of people that don't, don't drink. There's people that choose not to drink because... They don't. They just don't uh, really enjoy drinking. So they they may want to try something. They'll look. There are people that drink. They they ask for the specials, the cocktail special, cocktail menus. One of the people that know what they want. And we're not talking about problem drinkers or issues right there. We're just. I'm just today. I'm just focusing on the people that don't like to drink. Obviously, there's people that just ask for water and they feel bad. And they think when you ask for water, if you're projecting to the employee, they said, oh, this person's just going to be drinking water. They're going to order food. They're going to just have one entree and then they're out. You know, or sometimes you get the people that have one entree and drink like 12 glasses of water and just hang out and watch the basketball game. I'm not a real big fan of uh, uh, 
sports, especially sports while I'm working, because I've gotten used to not watching sports over the years being a bartender, so I'm not really hung up by it. I have to say, though, the other night, and I apologize to my Miami fans, um, but and I'm not a fan of Boston necessarily, but Miami Heat and the Celtics game, we were watching it at work uh, on Saturday night. We didn't have that big a crowd. I was ready to get home early, but the game went on, uh, you know, was a real nail-biter. It was going back and forth, and, you know, Celtics won it with less than a second where the guy tips it back in. And um, in my head, I was like, oh, my God, that was exciting, even though I'm not a, a big fan of professional sports except for football and my Philadelphia Eagles. But And I was kind of sad to see the Heat lose and things like that. But there are times like that where you have, when you have a sporting event and things like that, people just linger. There weren't even people drinking. They were watching the game. The last 45 minutes, I served three beers. But because the game was going on, there was people that were sitting at a table, and they, obviously they weren't heavy drinkers because they're sitting around just watching the game. After they finished eating, they came to the bar, which I was breaking down, and the game was going on. And you just have to put up with that. But I'm talking about uh, when people aren't drinking, I always offer them and say, what would you like? You know, you can. we have, there's club soda, there's bottled water. There's mocktails, though we don't do a lot of mocktails for people. You know, you, you hear a lot about mocktails, and it's not really hard to make, right? If you're going to make a mocktail, you can make something uh, for almost any of the martinis. You substitute water or uh, perhaps club soda, like as if you were going to make a Cosmo. I don't know why... A mocktail is just a drink that looks like a cocktail. So I don't know who they're... I mean, is it for... I mean, most mocktails seem to be for other people. Meaning, it's not for the person that's drinking it. It's to give the air that the person has a cocktail. And people are like, why are you drinking a bottle of water? And there is a gentleman that comes in. Uh, all the, Every time he comes in, he orders... Uh, one of his martinis, he calls it, a martini, and it's a pretty much ice water with um, olives in it, you know, frozen water. Uh, I'm very interested by that. Is it that the people around him expect him to drink and he doesn't tell them that he drinks? Or he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to know, he doesn't want people to know that he's sober which I always thought that was interesting because normally the thing is people don't want you to know that they're drunk. So you see it every so often that people pretend to, pretend to be drinking. There's this uh, scene from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where uh, I think it's, I forget the name, Karen Allen maybe the name of the actress, Indiana Jones's love interest. And she's drinking with the Frank, French archaeologist that's working with, the, he's working with the Nazis, and she's working with Indiana. And they're supposedly drinking, um, what do they do? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. As a bartender, I am, I'm a, 
drawing a blank, but he's, they're drinking some French liqueur, a cognac. They're drinking, I think they're drinking a cognac, if I'm not correct. And she's, uh, she won a drinking contest when she was in Tibet or Nepal, whatever her father's bar was at the beginning of the movie. And, but towards the end, when she's drinking with this French archaeologist, she's pretending to throw back the shot, you know, or pouring it, pouring liquor in her glass. And it's actually off the, she's not putting it in the glass and she's pouring it in his glass to get him drunk. So, but this guy always gets one water, water-based martini, no alcohol in it. And he just doesn't want people to know he doesn't have alcohol in his drink. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of get that. I, I don't understand. I, I never had that thing when I went out that I'm embarrassed about not drinking. And I guess, I guess it's, it, it's, there's all sorts of reasons. The only way I can, I don't, I don't really necessarily, it doesn't vex me. And people say, oh, it must bother you because you're not, you're still talking about it. Well, no, not really. It's just always, I'm always curious about the reasons why. I mean, there could be the reason is that they were brought up in a tradition where they didn't drink and they never drank and they didn't like drinking. And they just want to be seen as interesting that they could alter their, you know, their outlook by drinking and that, that, you know, that, that they're just as like anybody else, but they just have one drink. And, uh, you know, they just don't want to see, they don't want to be associated with a sober life. And then there's people like me who were, I mean, they were bad drunks and they're proud of being sober because they were not very proud of the way they behaved before. See, there's two sides to look at that, you know? And the only one, the, the most nefarious reason is that Karen Allen, or I don't, it may not even be Karen Allen, but the Karen Allen explanation I use from it, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's, you want to, people to think that you are impaired, but you aren't impaired. So, neither that. So I never really got the mocktails and stuff like that. But you can, almost anything else, anything you put in a cocktail launch. Now what, if you are concerned about drinking, I would suggest if you're in a crowded bar, not get something that looks like uh, a gin and tonic or vodka club soda, because there's going to be a hundred drinks like that around there. And if you're going to make a mistake picking up the wrong drink, that's the time you're going to make it. So you got to get it, you got to make it look like it's not a drink. Right? Not in a drink. That's the same. If you're trying, if you don't want to have any alcohol in it, you got to have something that no one else has and it's got to look like it doesn't have it in there. Unless that's the way you should make your uh, mocktails. Like you may put a particular color straw in there. Like if you have, um, I mean, you shouldn't be using straws anymore because it's just bad, you know, for your carbon footprint. I know I don't want to piss you off or anything like that, but that's just the way it is nowadays so um but when i go out i'm i'm like a person i always order uh i do like drinking my liquids <laughs> i know I'm, I'm drinking mass quantity liquids i sound like one of the cone heads but uh i order like a pellegrino a large bottle of pellegrino and things like that. and plus i love i like carbonated drinks if they have it 
carbonate, carbonated refreshments, I guess it would be. And I gotta, guess I got to be careful with that. But I like to pour it from a bottle into my glass. I don't want someone else to pour it in my bottle in the glass. Not that I don't trust them, but this is a very easy, quick way to accidentally drink. Is to get a drink from the bar. that's club soda with lime in it. In a highball glass. Because all they have to do is screw up and put one in there. Oh, that's rum in there. It's supposed to be nothing. So, all those things. When someone orders, just to tell you from the point of view as me as a bartender. I know there's people that um, don't drink and are very good tippers. People that are that do drink are very good tippers and there's conversely other people too. And when you're not spending a lot of time refilling someone's drink, which you do with a lot of cocktails and heavy drinkers and stuff like that, it's the amount of effort you put in to service that patron. And for patrons that don't drink that often, you don't have to, you don't have to go back that often. And there's other people that have huge bills. As a matter of fact, there was uh on the night of, I'll never run into these people before. There were three gentlemen. They were staying at the, the hotel across the street. They they didn't have that big of meals. Their food bill was around $45 or $60. Well, I mean, it was healthy meals. but And they drank uh, about 38 beers and four shots between the three of them. Uh, oh, no. Uh, almost, yeah, 28 beers. There's a big difference between 38 and 28, but 28. And uh, they seemed all right. They seemed all right. But then again, they were walking. And it was the same night the guy came in that was having his martini with his water. And both seemed to behave well. So I wouldn't worry. If if you go to a bar nowadays, I don't think it's a big deal if you drink or don't drink. There are. I mean, I guess some people are embarrassed about it. And why would you why would you be embarrassed about not partaking in an intoxicating substance? I don't know. But we'll leave it at that. I wanted to talk about something today, and it was kind of weird. Yesterday morning, uh, it's the holiday weekend. Uh, I'm off on Sundays and Mondays, normally. And, uh, you know, every so often I fill in on a Sunday. But... In the morning, my wife and I slowly got up. It's um, on most other days, especially up until last week, we were up at six in the morning down here. And that's because our daughter, that's when she went, to, she'd get up to go to school. And we, we, we would get up, drink our coffee, make some breakfast. Either the daughter would drive in by herself and my wife would drive her. And then we'd go to the gym together. And that's our routine during the week. But now summer, everyone's on summer vacation. I mean, we don't have to get up as early. When I'm not um, forced to get up, or I am. I like to sleep to 7, 7.30. We usually, even during the week, we're usually asleep by 11.30. So if I can get seven hours sleep, I am golden for the rest of the day. So this is, this is vacation for us also. And uh, so yesterday we get up, we're you know, taking our time on, on a Sunday. So no one has to get up early on Sunday. There's no classes I have to teach. I had to teach my class on Saturday, my spin class. 
which I don't mind. I like getting in there. And I took up, I, I told, uh, if you're an avid listener, you know, I became a spin instructor because I didn't like doing cardio. And he said, it doesn't make sense. I didn't like, I didn't have the, dis- the correct, the longer explanations. I didn't have the card, I didn't have the uh, discipline to uh, regularly do cardio. But if I had to teach a class to do cardio, I had no choice. Well, actually, I took cardio in a class. I originally took it as a student. And when I'm in a group of people, you can't just, I mean, actually, with your with my ego, I can't just stop. And I can't, I don't want to pretend to be working out. In my head, I want to be working out. I want to do my best, and I want to be able to push the range. So, as you know, my cardiac incident was a couple months ago. Now I'm back to doing the normal thing. I'm keeping track of everything, and I'm fine. So, um, I digress. So, I was talking about Sunday. So, Sunday, I didn't have that spin class. I said, Jim, you just started on that direction of, of, of talking, and now you're back to that. And I said, point is, on Sunday, we woke up, we're drinking coffee, and the wife says something. I'd say, let's a comment. And it was about this market up in on the mainland. And it wasn't a flea market. It wasn't something. It was just, she called it the Mexican market. And I'm like, oh, Mexican market. I think it's just a store. And then she went a little further. And she goes, no, there's everything there. There's It's huge. It's all these booths and all this stuff. And the more she said it, for some reason, for some reason, it just caught my imagination. The way she described described it, it sounded like a bazaar, like a huge thing. And I, it was in the Redlands, which is a, a huge part. If you think of South Florida, when you come off the edge of South Florida, you have overseas highway and we got the keys. But right at the edge of Florida is Florida City. And Florida City is the... Um, I'm going to piss off some people from Florida City, but it's the ass end of the continent. It's kind of a little hard scrabble town. There's a lot of drugs, a lot of poor people, a lot of you know people barely hanging on. It used to, um, they had the uh, Homestead uh, Raceway there, and Florida City is very tiny, but it was just like it, it, it is. It's it's kind of like a border town, and if you're if you're on the edges of, um, like, U.S. and Mexico, like Brownsville and all this stuff, you know what border towns are like. They're a little rougher um, than most places. So we're, we're kind of kind of like a border town, even though the Keys are still part of the United States. But you go north of that, you have Homestead. And in Homestead, it t- it's really weird, the demographics. Like in Florida City, there's everyone down in Florida City. A lot of Latins, a lot of um, uh, different groups of people, white people, black people, some Asian people, you know. Uh, I don't mean a lot of ton of Asian people, but it's a different character than you see in Miami. Florida City is just, I don't know. It's like a big rest stop on a highway. If that rest stop was thousands and thousands of acres, you know, so, but you go north of Florida city and then you have homestead. Now this is all Miami, Miami Dade County. 
Miami-Dade is like a hodgepodge of townships and stuff like that. And Florida City being one of the roughest ones there, along with Hialeah and all that um, in, in Miami. North of that is Homestead. And Homestead has a high percentage of Mexican-American. And Homestead is a town that is, I don't know, it's just really dynamic when you think about it. People say, well, it's a poor, it's a poorer town out of the townships or the towns inside Miami-Dade. But they are serious about uh, development. They're serious about development. When they talk about development, I mean, municipal development. They're serious about their public transportation. They're serious about their parks. They're serious about their streets. And if you go into um, Main Street Homestead, they're, they, they're, they're just, the citizenry is very important. And citizenry is made up, um, has a high percentage. I don't know exactly what it is. I guess I should look it up. But a lot of Mexican-Americans. And that's where in Homestead, you got the Redlands, which is kind of like, the doorstep to the Everglades. And that's where they have the market. And when my wife started talking about that, I said, wow. She goes, yes, there's everything you can get there. You can get tools, you get um, stuff, you know, get personal care items. You get shoes, clothing, jewelry, and live animals. They'll say like have pigs, chickens, goats. And, And there's places to eat there and stuff like that. So we drive up. It's only, let's say, six, seven miles when you get on the mainland. And you go up the turnpike. You go to the second, maybe the second exit. And you get off and you head west. And you finally start seeing all the traffic build up. Now, this is on the Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. And... I don't know exactly what we're going to be in for. And I don't know exactly what I, I didn't see any. I saw a little, couple pictures of it when I Googled it to see what it's like. But the parking, they have a um, parking for a couple hundred cars inside this gated area, a fencing area. And then you have parking outside the gated area, which it spreads out for a while. So we found a parking space. We go in there. And what I thought was going to be big was much bigger then I found. And it's called the Redlands Market, I think it's called. If I, I'm going to maybe post it, but I'm telling you, this is the place. If you're comfortable, and I'm comfortable being in an environment that isn't necessarily uh, the one you're used to, you would think that you were in a, a town, a large town like Guadalajara, in a market town in uh, their outside market. And what it is, is a big self-storage place that was kind of c- converted. They have stores inside there. They have a couple buildings. They got real, really nice building where it's, most of it is um, jewelry. And then they have electronics. And then you have another, uh, the storage unit where the storage ones come in. They have all different shops there, clothing stores, uh, shoes and things like that. And then you have different stalls, like tents. And they have uh, 
uh, it's almost like a flea market where people are going to go. There's used tools. There's brand new tools. There's toy areas. There's this and that. And just anything you can find. Anything, absolutely anything. Hats. There. So the one thing, and I'm sure they have it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's one with kites. There's a store with kites. And then they have all these little trucks where they make the food. And they got these, they set up the dining areas they even had a, a stage there and it was sunday and they had a singer and i heard boy that sounds like loud music and it was good loud music uh, i'm not sure if the music was mexican or but it sounded when i heard, heard mexican it sounded like mexican music and it was just just a different experience and it was hot but you think well what is dining outside under these tents but you know what these people know what they're doing so they got fans all over the place and we're sitting there and we had this eventually we you know we went we just it takes hours to be able to walk past everything it, it does it takes a couple hours to walk past everything just to take a, a kind of a glance and if you were going to go shopping, it's one of these things you'd have to, it starts at six in the morning and it goes to six at night. And you figure you'd have to, you definitely, if, unless you know where you're going, let's say if you had to go there and you had to pick up some tools, like power tools or lawn care items, they have them. And uh, plants. Yeah. I mean, just, in, in, I mean, I, I love that thing. And it, it actually did live up to that. And the thing that amazed me, and the thing that really amazed me, is I lived down here for 16 years, right? And I heard about a lot of references to things before. Like I heard about the Coral Castle that some guy built because he got, um, he built it, I think he may build this 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 building out of coral. And they don't know how he built it because he didn't have any heavy equipment and things like that. But he built this huge building made with heavy coral uh, for this, I think, I'm going to get this probably incorrect, but he built it because he fell in love with this woman, maybe. So, and and all these things, like I've never been to Santa's Enchanted Forest with every time they set it up. It's in, it's in Miami and it's a big carnival they have during the Christmas season. But I knew it was there. And there were other things. And some things I hear small things. And you're just always amazed when you finally go there and say, oh, you should check this out. You've never been there. I know, I've never been there. So I've been here 16 years. And all the big stuff, I figure I should know where it is. Well, that Mexican market was so big that it was like a big empty space in my brain like where the hell why wouldn't I see that before that's one of the places I go when I go to the top of the stretch there's a place they call the discount mall and I'll tell you there's no such thing as a discount mall it's just a place where they send their things they don't sell that often stores like anchor stores like they'll send like they'll have a gap they'll have a luggage store and something they call it discount and there may be a couple bucks off it there's shoe store there it's couple bucks off it's not nothing no bigger discount than you probably would get at a uh, you know online if you look for a deal so we're there i'm looking around at the stores and at these little boutiques and you just see these things like actually it was it was i knew we were going to be there for a while and i was wearing the wrong clothes i don't have a deep tan on 
and I knew it was mostly outside. And I said, oh, my God, I am going to die from a sunburn if I don't put something on. And I'm thinking in my head, if there, there's got to be a place where I'm here where someone's selling sunscreen. And on the outer perfor- periphery of the stands, there looked like places that had used tools and looked like they cleaned out uh, houses from people that were moving out and stuff like that. It was called it almost like an estate sale for someone who passed away and stuff like that. But it's not. It's people that probably rental properties have to empty. And I could walk by and there's two cans of SPF 50 that are wrapped in plastic. And normally those two cans would be like down here, a spray on things, be like, I don't know, some crazy amount of money, like 12 bucks, 13 bucks. And I go there and it was $5 or $3. And I said, I give them $3 and they give it to me. And I was a half hour in, I got my sunscreen on. I just sprayed it all over the exposed part of my body. And ended up not getting burnt. Another Mexican market miracle was, and you know, we walked around for a while after I got the sunscreen, so it was a little relaxed. And you do, if you're, you're not aware of this, I am not the best person for shopping. I'm a, though, if you put me into a museum, I am good at amusing. So shopping, if you look at shopping like a trip to a museum, I can be more, I guess, accommodating because I'm looking at stuff. And especially when it's older stuff and I can look around. If you take me to a clothes store, if you take me to a store and it's mainly women's items and, and household goods, I am quickly, quickly lose interest. I will lose interest. If there's electronics, some electronic gadgets, some interesting electronic gadgets, I look around for it, some accessories. Yes. Like, you know, phone mounts for your car or Bluetooth earphones or whatever new. And there's no really new amazing gadgets out there yet. But so I'm looking through all these items and they got everything. They even have those Boots. I'm going to a wedding July 4th, and they're going to have a barbecue at the rehearsal dinner, and they're going to be it's going to be western themed. And I got a shirt, and I have jeans, but I I'm, I don't have boots. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to buy any boots. But what I saw there, there were these Mexican boots that were pretty cool with the rhinestones and all that stuff. And what I really like are those pointy ones. There's, if you ever seen it, pointy boots where the point comes up and the end. And that's something I would wear if I had to, if I had to rent them. A lot of people are grossed out by rented shoes, but I am not because a boot, wearing a boot for long term seems like a nightmare to me. But I definitely would like to wear one for like an hour or two just to get the people to get the idea and saying, you know, wear the right kind of hat. I mean, a big cowboy hat and one of those curly uh, Mexican boots. I'd be set for that barbecue. A distinct, a distinct setting. I don't think there's anybody, um, the, the groom-to-be, my, who's my, uh, he's from Texas. Or he lived in Texas for a while. So I think that would be an interesting thing. I'd probably be the only, I might be the only person with those type, type of shoes at the wedding. 
But um, I got to think of that. I probably my wife, uh, my do- my wife, my wife's not going to be there. She's going to be in Poland, so I'm going to go there myself. I'm going to find it. I, I'm going to make it my mission if I can. The dress like that. I know my sister listens to this show, but all those things I can find at the Mexican market. Matter of fact, and if you do at and like I said, it's always amazing when something big like that escapes my attention or notice in the area. And I know there's probably places in Philadelphia that I never seen before. I mean, I grew up there. You figure I know any interesting when I talk about interesting place, interesting places to me. There's interesting places that you find that you're you're interested in and you think Wow, I'm really interested in tra- strawberry jams, right? I'm not, but you can be. And you say, well, the largest strawberry jam processing center is two miles away. You, ne- you never knew that. Um, that's not really exciting. I understand that. But, I mean, a big bazaar, how can you miss that stuff? I'm, I'm gonna, I know there's probably a couple other things I got to be, be on the lookout that I'm missing for. I'm, I'm if it's just there up the road, imagine when you go to visit someplace, there's so many different things. Like I always say down here, there's nothing to do other than be on the water and be outside. That's not necessarily true. That is not necessarily true. We have places down here. We have um, Theater of the Sea in Isle Morada. They got the Dive Museum. They're going to have a bowling alley with an axe-throwing thing eventually. There, there are things to do. You just don't, just don't know it when you go there. So be on the lookout, especially in your own neighborhood. Maybe, maybe it's only my thing. And say, hey, Jim, I knew about the Mexican market for the longest time. But you know what? You figure in the years I've been in a bar, some of the people would have mentioned that they went to the Mexican market. No one said that to me. Or they may have said it. And I just didn't pay attention to it. But I'm just amazed, once again, at the things I don't know. I think as you get older. You know, when I was younger, I used to... I don't know if I ever thought I was super intelligent or super smart or super in a know. But sometimes people think I am. And constantly, I tell people I am amazed at the things I thought I knew that I don't know. And not... You know, you're not going to know everything, but you figure you can know most of the things that are interesting. That's it for today. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you ever do uh, get the chance, check out that Mexican market up in the Redlands, you know, and there's no, uh, you know what, there's no way uh, to me to seek a sponsorship, something like that for that. But it's, it's pretty awesome. It's something to do. And you could spend the whole day there. You better have extra, you know, you better have extra room in your luggage if you go there because you're going to be buying a lot of stuff. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye.